Welcome to the Build with Brabeck podcast, where we dig deep into real, raw, and honest conversations with people that are making moves, making change, and making their own version of their very best life. And teaching you how to build the same. Covering all things health, wellness, anti-diet culture, body positivity, and so much more. Here's your host, Amanda Brabeck. Today on the podcast, we're jumping right in. Um, I'm joined finally by my big titter. And for everyone listening who doesn't know what a titter is, it's my <laughs> sister. <laughs> Hi, Megan. Hi, little titter. How you doing? I'm doing so great. I'm so glad. Um, so I feel like I'm really making your podcast dreams come true because except for not fully because I think you wanted us to do a podcast, but it definitely wouldn't have been talking about diets. So <laughs> halfway come true. <laughs> yeah. To be clear, I once had a dream that Mandy and I had a podcast together. Um, and when I told her about it, she shut it down hard. This was years ago. Um, so now today's the day. But I also admitted fully this weekend that I have regrets about that and I can admit when I'm wrong and I was wrong. We could have been a dynamic duo, sister podcast duo. It would have been so cute. I know. Well, maybe if this goes well. <laughs> we'll see. It's off to a great start. I could tell. Um, okay. So tell me, just like we did growing up around the dinner table, mm. your highs and your lows of either today, this week, the last few weeks, whatever the hell you want. Oh, my God. Well, that is like a – lot of different time frame options. Um, just do whatever so, speaks to you. I'm going to just do this week, I think. That sounds um, great. I think one one of my well, here's the thing. My low in general <laughs> is just like I'm not a summer person. Mm. I don't I don't like to be hot. Yeah. It's and tough. it's been hot a lot frequently. Um and that's not for me. No. Um so that's probably my low. It's just humidity, heat, all of that. But I think my high is kind of what comes with that. Um, just as I was speaking to you, I'm looking off to the side because I'm looking out into my beautiful lush backyard in New Hampshire. And there are two woodchucks sitting oh. eating clover with their little fingers. Wait, can uh, you take a picture of them? Right now? I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, we're, we're in the middle of something, but I'll send you a picture later. Come on, in my yard could, every day. We could post the woodchucks for what if the listeners want to see. I'll get you a picture of the woodchucks, I promise. Okay, great. We'll post it on the Instagram. Now I there's a everyone. cat, a stranger cat in my backyard. Um, and Miley is like my cat is up on her hind legs, like pressed against the glass doors. Like she's about to freak out. You should really so have anyway, some cameras back there. <laughs> we do have one in the way back, but it doesn't capture right in the backyard. Anyway, I'll send some pictures. But um, all that to say, my high is just living in a really beautiful place where there are little woodland creatures in my backyard. That's amazing. Um, Mark just came home because hi, Mark. this whole podcast is just off to a great start. Mark Megan says hi. We're podcasting together. <laughs> he says, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, we're just going to keep doing this even though you're right here. Okay. I'm not going to move downstairs. I'm too lazy. Um well, that's great. I love nature, but not really just like yard versions of nature, which seems like there's a lot of that in New Hampshire. Um, what about yeah, your low? Oh, your lows, your low is summer. Just being just hot. In general. I, just, oh, I hate to be hot. <laughs> no, I get that. It's like the chafing of it all, the sweatiness of it all. I just hate to be sweaty. I hate to take showers. <laughs> I hate wearing shorts. It's just, it's all the things. I hate paying for air conditioning. <laughs> um, I feel like my skin gets really bad in the summer because everything is so moist and I'm so sweaty all the time. So that's a low. Mm. Um, or when like I'm taking Poe for a walk and I can just feel the sweat dripping down my back. That's a good time. Sorry, can you hear her? Yes. I don't know if everyone else will be able to. She's like scritch, 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 scratching. She's losing her mind. I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. 
I mean, nothing matters. Poe has barked so much during the podcast and also like chewed really loud bones while sitting right next to me. So I don't think anyone will, will be bothered by Miley's like cute little cat scratches. All right. Um, cool. Do you want to hear my high and low? <laughs> I really do. Yeah. I'd love if you told me those. Um, I actually really didn't have one at the top of my mind, but, um, my low probably would be, God, I really just hate that Marcus sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> my low would probably, probably be last week when I had, well, partially a high because it was the shortest period I've ever had. But secondly, it is a low because I just was raging the entire time. Emotions, high, low, mostly really low. I rage cried all the way home from Revere after I went to the DMV. Did I tell you about that? Um, no. Oh, that you you told me that you went. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. Waited in one line where they said you had the right things, but then the second line wouldn't help you because you didn't have the right things. Yeah, I waited in line at the Revere DMV for R&B. I'm sorry, Massachusetts, for like an hour and a half, two hours for them to tell me that I didn't have the right things. And it also just made me so mad because it also was the same week as everything with Roe versus Wade. And for the full two hours I was waiting, I was on social media and my rage inside of me was already growing. Just horrible. Yeah. And so then I just cried the whole way home. And then also it was just like the fucking patriarchy. You guys have to do shit. No offense. And I mean, we've had this conversation, but the patriarchy is a part of me keeping my name. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that into the universe. You can always <laughs> stay a brave back with me. I mean, at this point, I might have to because <laughs> like, the only reason why I really want to is for when we have children, just for it like oh. to be easier. We are absolutely when we when I didn't change my name when we got married five years ago, um, we were fully just kicking the can down the road. Like I um, do intend to have the same last name as my children. Um, we have not yet come to a consensus about what that name will be. Uh, that's fine. It's very easy for me to be smug here knowing that that's a decision that I still have yet to make. Mm. Well, I'll just keep putting it off because it freaking sucks. And it's a lot of steps that he doesn't have to take. And well, depending on what you decide. Mm -hmm. um, but it's bullshit. Anyways, um, that was my low. And my high was just like all these long weekends. I think I am the biggest supporter of the four-day work week. Make it three even honestly i'm effective i could get it all done in two <laughs> i think that sounds better five day weekends two days to kind of just get some things done yeah we're already headed into a recession anyway so work might to as live well or just... live to work yeah gonna be me um okay so the real reason why you are here today is to talk about whole 30 yay yes um so I have feelings we have we me myself and I has <laughs> this new segment called or I guess segment episode series um called the diet deep dive because I feel like you know we see all of these kind of sensationalized super popular diets and you know should we do them should we not do them what are the experts saying what even are you supposed to do so Megan is not a nutritionist, not an expert, but she has done it a few <laughs> times. And she has done it with her husband, with friends. Um, so I just felt like it would be a fun opportunity and also you'd have good insight. I am always happy to share my unprofessional opinion on <laughs> almost any topic. Great. <laughs> Me too, aka why I have this podcast. Because we don't even ever talk about things that I'm professionally trained on, like strength training and stuff like that. But um, okay, so let's start with what exactly Whole30 is, um, because the rules are intricate, I came to find in my research. 
And this shit could get confusing, as I'm sure it does for almost anyone that fucking does this diet, because who the hell can keep up? So let's go through some of the rules and feel free to interrupt me, chime in, whatever. So for detail, so there's two phases. So there's the 30 days of elimination, which I think is like the big thing that most people tend to do. Yeah, um, the and 30 then, in the whole 30. Yeah, those 30 so, days, yeah. And then the 10 days after is supposed to be a very strategic reintroduction. However, I would argue that most people do the 30 days and then go balls to the wall which like, don't fucking blame you because you can't even eat beans. <laughs> Anyways, so oh, God. so for the first 30 days, you're eating in their terms, real food in quotation marks. What is a fake food? Ugh, eye rolls already. Okay, so you can <laughs> eat meat, seafood, eggs, veggies, fruits, natural fats, herbs, spices, and seasonings. Um, so basically eating foods with a simple or recognizable list of ingredients, um, or no ingredients at all because they're whole and unprocessed, which also is just like that trendy verbiage, you know, the clean foods, whole foods. We get it. Okay. So no added sugar, real or artificial. So you're not allowed to use maple syrup honey, agave, coconut sugar, date syrup, monk fruit, stevia, Splenda, equal, Nutrisweet, or xylitol. Which like artificial sweeteners, that's not horrible to kick them to the curb, added sugars, all of that. But like, you can't even have some honey? No honey. And a lot of the mentality behind Whole30 or the way they talk about it is that it's about helping you eliminate yeah. your cravings. Yeah. Right. So you can't have sweet things because you're trying to sort of wean yourself off of craving sweetness wherever right. it comes from. And you can't just like rely on that one thing. Yes. We will totally get there. I just like really can't keep my mouth shut about my opinions. So the honey girl. <laughs> I love my honey. Um, no alcohol, not even in cooking, which like taking a break from alcohol, that's would have some good benefits mental and like health wise. Um, no grains, wheat, rye, barley, oats, corn, rice, millet, blah, 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 blah. everything. You can't do added wheat, corn, rice in the form of bran, germ, starch, and so on. It just says, read your labels. Um, no legumes, including beans, peanuts, all forms of soy. The only exceptions are green beans and most peas, not all peas, just some of the peas. And I, I have never looked into which peas are, I'm not, I actually hate peas. So mm, I've never like looked into time. like, which peas are allowed, which peas aren't allowed. Who knows? Um, I did look into it. So hopefully you did. Oh. I read the whole entire page, including the fine print, which there was a lot of. Oh, like, my. Literally so many rules. Um, no dairy. The only exceptions are clarified butter and ghee because the dairy is, like, removed during the processing, even though we're only supposed to eat unprocessed foods, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> no – I don't know how to say this word carrageenan or sulfites mm -hmm. what even are these why don't they tell them what they are that was my note when i wrote this down <laughs> why are you not telling me what this thing is that i'm not allowed to eat um you're not allowed this is very much your point no recreating baked goods treats or junk food with approved ingredients um because your habits and cravings won't change if you keep eating these foods even if they're made up of approved ingredients i don't know how you're gonna make a fucking dessert out of the kind of peas you're allowed to use and that's all and like <laughs> clarified butter but well, like protein pancakes banana nice cream all these like diet yeah health foods right i guess that makes sense um no stepping on the scale or taking measurements um they say that your reset is about so much more than just weight loss and focusing on body composition um 
means you'll miss out on the most dramatic and lifelong benefits this plan has to offer. Um, which I appreciate. Like, I think that is a good thing to note and it kind of brings it back to the point of like why it was created, which is mostly to change your habits and to see how food affects you physiologically. Um, but I think the issue is that a lot of people do it more so as like a weight loss kind yeah. of thing. So like they're going to probably just do that anyways. Um, but then in the fine print, because obviously those rules needed more clarification. Um, no commercially prepared chips or French fries, even though potatoes are allowed, um, probably because of like the oils that they use, I would imagine. Um, you can decide to exclude foods that might be compatible with the program, but you feel like might promote cravings um, that make you feel out of control, like approved RX bars or almond butter. Um, which I totally get because I think it's that same mentality. Like I know people that did it and just like went so ham on almond butter. Mm -hmm. Um, but my immediate reaction to that is just like, you don't gain control over your relationship with food and your like self-control, um, by eliminating it's more so allowing yourself to have it so it's not like an exciting thing anymore but i understand the mindset behind it but those that's not all the fine print so buckle up um fruit juice is allowed if it's just fruit juice mm -hmm. no extras some legumes green beans sugar snap peas snow peas green peas yellow peas and split peas kill me now if that's what you have to be excited for split are there peas. other kinds of peas besides those peas you've listed those are all the peas i know about those are definitely all the peas i know about <laughs> except for princess and the um i think that was a green pea oh yeah it was just one little one mm -hmm. which would get squished i think yeah, yeah that story there. was stupid um most vinegars are allowed as long as they're not malt based um, coconut aminos are allowed and it said, even though iodized salt contains a tiny amount of sugar as a stabilizer, you're allowed to use table salt because ruling that out would just be unreasonable. And then in my notes, I said, I roll because that's the most unreasonable thing. Yep. That's where the line is drawn. But at least Which they let you. Yeah. Like if you have to eat basically just fruits and vegetables. Like, yeah, at least let me put some salt on it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, okay, and then the 10 day reintroduction, because I think a lot of people don't really do this part, but um so during that 10 days, I guess you're supposed to reintroduce one food group at a time and then go back into the elimination phase for two or three days to reset. Um, in case you have like a negative reaction to like reintroducing dairy or gluten or something um and so their idea is that you'd reintroduce them in order of least likely to be problematic to most likely um so they think that this is where you would learn the most about which foods might have a negative impact on your energy sleep mood cravings digestion and more so there were two optional ones first so optional would be added sugar then the second optional one would be gluten-free alcohol and then legumes, non-gluten grains, dairy, and then gluten-containing grains, um, which seemed like to my non-professional eye, not the most effective or scientific way to do like a reintroduction or like an elimination. You know what I mean? Like basic yeah. science experiments, you can't have all of these different factors at once. You can only change one thing. Well, and that's why you reintroduce only one thing at a time, I think, is that you like wait a few days, see if that did anything. I think. But I think just a few days, does that not seem silly? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but yeah. um, I mean, maybe <laughs> I if, am. You're, if you're eating it, you know, whatever it is, dairy. Yeah, yeah. 
you haven't had it in 30 days and then it's the only thing that you do differently. Like, I think you'll immediately probably notice we get a stomach ache from it. Yeah, that's true. I don't really buy is this whole, like, I don't think most people do it because they're like, I have stomach aches all the time and I don't know what, what's causing it. Like, if that's how you feel, you go to a doctor. Right. And they'll do a test that does not take 45 days also, possibly, I would assume. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, they, they have other ways of doing it. I think like an at home thing, if you're actually feeling like I am ill and I don't know why I don't think like trying diets is the best way to like take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, And so that's where I think whole 30 is designed around, like, that's kind of the premise they push that it's not about weight loss. It's about figuring out what's making you sick. But is that how you should really be figuring out what's making, if you're actually sick, I think it's kind of a, a ruse. Yeah. And that it's really about weight loss. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like they, it's kind of that whole wellness culture versus diet culture thing where a lot of wellness culture is just kind of like that wolf in sheep's clothing. They're better at tricking us because they've Mm -hmm. had to become better. Um, But no, I found that interesting too um, because in my research, I found a men's health article with um, this doctor who is a legitimate doctor but gained some traction on like TikTok or Instagram or something. Um, And he said that he – it wasn't a scientific or – like practice way of reintroducing food um, and that mm. proper proper elimination diets in like an actual medical setting. If you go to a doctor, dietitian, or whatever, they would actually do a 90-day elimination but probably of only like mm. one thing at a time mm. or an allergy test or you know what I mean? Not just yeah. like everything yeah. at once and then just like we'll eat sugar today eat dairy today and like yeah you know um okay and then let's talk a little bit more about like the ins and outs of it the creator of it and then I want to hear more about like your actual experience with it because I also think that like I could tell everyone why I think that it's I don't want to say stupid but like kind of stupid and they'll probably still want to do it anyways because it's like we have these feelings about ourselves and you see this thing that's not an easy thing because like fuck that's not easy to not eat all that stuff for 30 days but easier than a long 90 day process of an elimination diet it's like a challenge too right and it's got very much like if you go on you've seen on the website right it talks about like days one through four you'll feel this way and then on day five you'll feel this way and it's very much like there's kind of check a checklisty yeah feel to it yeah um that I think is enticing I know that's something that's drawn me in a few times and even today rereading stuff I'm like should I do it again yeah like, <laughs> no I mean it feels I totally like get that. a challenge and um I think the combination of it being a challenge and also sort of a checklist is um weirdly yeah. satisfying like that draws you in yeah a hundred percent and yeah, easier to not easier, but like to stick with if you're okay, I'm signing up for 30 days, I'm checking it off every day compared to like, okay, I'm going to try to eat a little bit better and then not really having a way to like you have rules that. to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, um okay, there was one part that kind of stuck out to me. Um, just because in my research, also the creator of this very much was giving Rachel Hollis vibes. Um, maybe not as bad. I don't, maybe we shouldn't really compare it to that, but a little <laughs> bit. And, um, so there's this whole section that was like, you can do hard things. Glenn and Joyle. Yeah. That part um, makes me so mad. I did like the examples it gives. It's like, this isn't that hard. Losing a family member is hard. Cancer is hard. And I'm like, that's exactly oh. what I wrote down. Yes. To I'm compare s- those things sits so icky with me. Very Rachel Hollis. I'm sorry. It is. Yeah. Um, and also one, and I think you'll probably have similar thoughts, um, the missing culturally significant food yeah. is like, just forget about your culture. And be skinny 
like myself, the white woman that's not qualified to be giving you these rules. It's so centered on whiteness, right? Like yeah. even to say you can't have rice when that is rice the basis beans. of like the world's food yeah. is yeah. like and that, I think most diets do this, right? Is that like it's very white, it's very salads are healthy. Yeah, very whitewashing. Um, and yeah, yeah, very white. And and um that piece on like missing culturally significant foods, I actually think has been recently added. I don't think that's always been there. Mm. Um because I don't remember seeing that in the past. Interesting. And basically, so it's like they're acknowledging just like, like this is really white. But <laughs> they might don't be hard for you if you like rice. Yeah. Oh, this is gonna suck for you. Um, it also, yeah, they didn't really like give any solutions to it of like here are ways to, you know, keep your cultural recipes and just like adjust them. It was very much just like, I honor the efforts you will go through. Like that's literally just what they said. <laughs> so like we are okay. colonizing your plate, but at least we're admitting that that's going to suck for you. Um, and then, yeah, the whole, you have done harder things in your life. Losing a parent is hard. Fighting cancer is hard. Birthing a baby is hard. I know you can do this too. And I think there are, how do I say this? Like, I've had this conversation with a few people about um, internal versus external expectations and how we meet them. And like, I am a person who can always meet external expectations. Like yeah. if someone tells me, Megan, I need you to do this thing. Like there's very little chance that I'm not going to do that thing. But yeah. if it's something that I'm doing just for myself, I know that the rules are fake. Right. So like whole 30, those rules are fake. Those are not real worlds in the, in the, in the world. Dan and I were right. talking last night about um, folks who use Netflix as a motivator to go to the gym. They're like, I can only watch this show if I'm on the treadmill. And I'm like, but mm. that rule's not real. Right. You can watch it anywhere. And I have no ability to follow that. And that's where something like you can do hard things. I'm like, you don't have a choice. If you have cancer, you have no choice but to right. it's either you fight. live in that and fight it. Right. You don't have a choice, to, but you have a choice to decide what you're eating. And like discipline versus having a hard life are just like two different things. Like I just think it's a really false comparison. I totally agree. I also think that ties back to – the misconception of changing habits and changing your relationship with food being like a discipline thing rather than like a hi pal hello my little <laughs> nephew my little um, nibbling hello he had breakfast very early today so he probably is already asking for d-i-n and e-r but oh, yeah miley is sitting directly like on the table behind the camera Right um, she keeps staring at me <laughs> i keep expecting her to show up on the top of the screen i wish that she anyway. would family chat she might at some point um, um anyway so hard okay. things discipline relationships food yeah just kind of like i don't think they totally understand <laughs> um which is weird because actually this girl has had a tough life so her name is melissa urban um she is a certified sports nutritionist, but, and maybe I could have dug for a little bit longer. Well, just lay down. Um, but I could not find what exactly the certification was, where she got it from. Like it very much could just be like a online kind of certification, which isn't necessarily bad, but it's not the same as being a dietitian where you get your undergrad, you get your master's, you go through clinical, like clinicals, you know? Um, so just being a certified sports nutritionist right off the bat, I'm like, doesn't really super qualify you to be writing all these books and like helping millions of people with this, you know? Um, okay, so she actually went to UNH too. Go Wildcats. Rare. Yeah. She's from UNH. She went to UNH. I don't know where she's from originally, but she went to UNH. I have to say, that's tipping me. I'm like, I gotta check it out again. I love a UNH. You're like, alive. I am starting whole 30 tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. My diet starts tomorrow. Um <laughs> I had no idea she went to UNH. I had yeah. I mean I didn't was really a, know. Was she a nutrition about her. major at UNH? Um, no, because 
she marketing. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> well, so this is where it takes a turn. So okay. in college, she picked up a heavy drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so after six years of struggling with drug and alcohol addiction, she went to rehab and then and I don't mean this in like a mean or condescending way, but it is a thing that normally happens, kind of shifting that addiction to something else. She, in her words, like changed her life in the gym. So I think that obsession, I mean, it's kind of like you have an addictive personality. So you see that a lot in you quit drinking and doing drugs and then you're 24 seven working out like a maniac, um, which is fine. It's a healthier thing to be addicted to. Um, but well, so that she, does actually give me, I think a little bit more empathy for a program yeah. like this. Cause as we're talking about it, I'm like, you know, it's not for me. Like I know that I am a person who can't be, if I do all or nothing, I want to binge. If you tell me I can have one piece of chocolate a day, I'm like, Ooh, okay, great. Yeah. Um, so I know that about myself. And I also know I'm a person who needs external motivation like internal motivation is not enough clearly this story is telling me she's a person who is very self-disciplined yeah um out of necessity like to get herself out of that place she had to develop her sense of self-discipline develop her internal accountability to her own self um and i think that a program like this could work for someone who comes from that place totally is kind of more internally motivated yeah i totally agree it's like just yeah, having that more—I don't want to say obsessive personality, but just a little bit. Like you're able to kind of just be like, "Hey, I'm doing this thing," and then you stick to it. Very type A, Enneagram yeah. one, like yeah. <laughs> kind of that perfectionist um, achiever. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and she kind of even says that too. She was like, "The thing that made me—it was in an article." She said the thing that made me a really good drug drug addict also makes me really good at taking on new habits i literally which also made my eyes roll i literally handed um a box of because in before the quote she's eating thin mints and then is like i need to stop eating thin mints i literally handed the thin mints to my friend zach and was like cool let's go and then did their first whole 30. um so she started it with her then husband um and i honestly feel like it probably was just one of those things where like yeah they probably weren't super qualified to actually really do this but they probably had no idea it was going to blow up in the way that it did um but it is kind of crazy the media coverage on the whole 30 because she has a, a pretty big following on social media. She's written a ton of books. A lot of them are like the whole 30 books, but also some other ones on like, I think like habit building. I think she just came out with one on like boundaries and stuff. Um, and like, clearly she's like been through some shit in her life. And I'm sure this whole thing has been like a gigantic journey. Um, and yeah, I agree with you that like her background gives me more empathy to her and makes me think of her less as like a Rachel Hollis and just a little bit not with it. <laughs> but still. So just quickly, some of the media's reactions and then we'll just talk about yours. Um your experience. So the US News and World Report actually put the whole 30 near the bottom of the magazine's annual diet list. Um, They have a panel of nutrition experts rank the different diets and they ranked the plan, the experts that ranked the plan called it extreme and full of nonsensical claims as well as one of the worst of the worst for healthy eating, which is an extreme statement. which I think is mostly just because it's so restrictive. Um, And then Business Insider quoted experts saying that habits can be changed in the short term, but um, digestive conditions um, that have to do with gut health um, typically aren't going to be fixed within a 30-day period with something like this. Um, It could 
like I said with the other, could take like more, like three months, um, which I think is just what you're saying. Like if you're having actual issues, just go to your doctor. Like don't do this by yourself. Um, but also our healthcare system sucks. So I understand people not wanting to go to the doctor because that's yeah. a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> also, it can be pretty high cholesterol and high sodium because the main protein sources are meat and eggs. So people can like get really into – you know, just like overdoing it on those two things. Cause like, that's, what's going to help you stay full. Um, blah, 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 blah. We already read that one about the 90 days. Um, and then actually that's all. Oh no, one more. So in that same article about, um, the U.S. News and World Report, the ranking of the diets. Um, it ranked 37 out of 40 diets. Um, it scored two out of five points. And basically the experts were mostly just concerned about the restrictive nature of the diet. Um, but it also hasn't been like studied enough in peer-reviewed journals to be like making the claims mm. that they make and to be guiding people in the way that they are, which is pretty standard i would say in terms lost you for a second you're good <laughs> um i would say like that's pretty standard in terms of a lot of wellness culture diet culture things we just don't really yeah. ever look into that you know same thing with like dr oz he made a lot of claims that people were just like he's a doctor it's great when like he w was just promoting products he was selling that didn't have any studies that kind of thing this Yes. This yes. is one of this is one of my concerns also or like skepticisms with a program like this is that like I haven't been on the website in years, went on today and like every time I've got on, there's more and more things you can purchase. Yeah. And it's like that is a red flag. Like there's a company that mm. is benefiting from you believing that you need to lose weight, eliminate food check and see your food sensitivities like whatever it is about your body they are benefiting from it and you can do it without buying any of their specific stuff right you can just like go to the store and buy whatever but now there's all these products that are whole 30 approved whole 30 approved bars whole 30 yeah. approved sauces um all the books um and that's i mean that's just a red flag like they want you to keep doing the program over and over again so you keep spending money on their stuff yeah, 100%. And I think that the people that are that type of personality that are, you know, obsessive and if they're going to do it, they're going to do it 100%. They are going to go and buy the book and then the follow-up book and, you know, keep spending their money. And like, you know what? Good for them. Get that bag. But also maybe like do a study or two. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like we're taking – at this point, health Christ. advice from people who are uh, not just them, right? All across the board, this everyone yeah. like they want you to not make it too far because then you will yes. stop spending money on their stuff. That is um, diet culture to a T. You yeah. described it perfectly. It's set up to fail, so you have to stay in the cycle and keep spending money. Duh. Yep. Um, okay, so tell me about when you did Whole30. How many times have you done it? What was it like? What was the worst part? What was like the easiest part? How'd you feel? All the things. All the things, yeah. So I've done Whole30. I would say I've, I've done Whole30 once. I've done Whole10 a couple <laughs> times. Fair whole15 maybe once. So I think maybe four attempts, but I only okay. made it through the 30 days once. And okay. that was because... And a lot of what I'm quoting is actually from Gretchen Rubin's podcast and books around habits and happiness, the happiness project, I think Oh, it's called. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know her? Mm -hmm. So she talks a lot about internal, um, how we meet internal expectations, external expectations. And that, that is very relevant, I think, to this because I was doing yes. it with my partner and my best friend. We all lived together at the time. Um, and it was the summer before our wedding. It, I don't know that it was necessarily wedding focused. Like, I was never in a place where I was like, I need to fit in my dress. Like, I bought a dress that fit me. So, like, yeah. I wasn't worried about that. But it's just, like, that was the timing. I think it was my friend's idea to do it, too. And I think she was getting ready also to um, have a baby. So it was just kind of – it was a time when we were all, like, we need to do a health thing. Let's do this. And we all yeah. did it together. 
Um, and I think that's why I was able to make it through the 30 days is she's a person who very much can meet internal expectations. Like if yeah. she wants to do something, she is fully able to do it. There's like no part of her. that's like unable to do a goal that she set for herself. Whereas I need totally. someone else to be paying attention for me to do it. So, yeah. um, that's part of why I was able to do it was I was like, I'm not going to like cheat and fail her. Right. Or cheat in <laughs> um, front of them and be the one that didn't do it. That yeah, that couldn't do it. So, um, some things I liked, there were some things I liked. Um, uh, my partner is vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And so for me, what I liked was that I never cook meat and doing whole 30. That's like the time in my life when I learned how to cook meat. Like I had never learned it before from when I was a vegetarian in my young adult years. And then moving with my partner, who's a vegetarian, like I never learned how to cook chicken or steak. And so doing Whole30, I kind of took on that mentality of like not focusing as much on what I couldn't eat, but focusing Mm. on like, I'm learning new recipes um, and adding new things to my diet. And yeah, that was fun. It was delicious. Um, We had a lot of really delicious foods. Um, So that was great. Um, I felt, how did I feel? I felt like crap. (laughs) I didn't feel good. I'm sure I guess like halfway through, I probably started to feel better once the like sugar yeah. withdrawal ended but um that doctor said the same thing in his article because he tried it and then wrote about it and he said yeah. that he just noticed an extreme level of like fatigue and exhaustion it, especially when he was like trying to work out and stuff just because like he just genuinely wasn't eating enough because it was restrictive but yeah well and that was my other concern was um the restrictiveness uh it didn't impact me too, too much again, because I was doing it with the pe- everyone in my house was doing it together and we were really focusing on like, what's the fun stuff we can cook and all of that. Yeah. But like, like I said, my partner's vegetarian and apparently you and I were talking about this at the beginning that Whole30 now has a plant-based version. So you can do it if you're vegetarian and they let you eat legumes and stuff. But I would say my partner is also someone who handles internal expectations. And I would say actually he does, he can handle his own internal expectations I think he struggles a little bit more with external expectations but yeah. and which is interesting that's a combination I can't I don't know really anyone else who does that I think but um so but he was following the rules he was yeah. like this is the way whole 30 is written I can't have beans so I won't have beans but I'll continue to be a vegetarian and he lost a ton of weight right like more than either of us and men lose weight differently than women and all of that too but like he was literally only eating fruits vegetables and eggs right and to do that and for 30 full days. For 30 That's days. a lot. Um, and it freaked me out. I really didn't like it. Um, it was, like, scary to see someone I love losing weight so rapidly. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't like that. Um, I, looking back, I don't think I lost weight. Um, or if I did, it was not anything noteworthy. Um, I will say I did not do the 10-day reintroduction because – uh-huh. our whole 30 ended the day before my bachelorette party <laughs> no I do remember that it was like so whole 29 <laughs> yep and then uh we had like alfredo pizza and cocktails on night one <laughs> yeah and you were like, like I'm on well. pizza. <laughs> sorry I keep dropping this for anyone who's like fine. not watching my I'm trying to use headphones so that I have like a microphone but I have my tragus pierced and so the headphones can't actually fit into my ear they're just like precariously balanced. It's um, hard to be a scene girly. <laughs> the scene days. Uh, I don't regret them. Um, okay. So that was, I didn't feel sick though. When I reintroduced that stuff, like I had pizza the next night, like I don't remember feeling good sick. And I will say I didn't do it as an elimination diet to identify food sensitivities. I don't think I have that many of those. So yeah, that was fine. Um, I think the thing that I struggle because like the times I tried to do it after that when I was no longer living with my friend and just like either doing it on my own or like my partner and I doing it together was just I guess my desire wasn't strong enough to like give me the willpower to do it. Yeah. Like I love food. I think a big part of being alive and enjoying being alive is getting to eat food. I um I actually said this to you when we were in Charleston uh, a couple weeks ago or last weekend that um, for me, the meals were the point of the vacation and anything we did in between our meals was just like extra. It's <laughs> also how I travel. And I, yeah, fully. I just think food is really important and it doesn't always have to be 
you know, fried, indulgent, like over the top things. Um, I don't think like, that's definitely not the point I'm trying to make, but, um, but I really enjoy food and I think food should be enjoyed. And I think sometimes that means having dessert or heaven forbid a non-sanctioned pee. Yes. (laughs) Thank God. So I think, I guess my complaints are more just with dieting in general and restricting in general. Yeah. Um, I feel really happy that I've gotten to a place where I no longer feel the need to even put a name like intuitive eating on the way I eat. I just, maybe that's what I'm doing, but I just eat what I want to eat and I eat what I'm in the mood for. Yeah. And yeah, I do way more than I used to. I also exercise zero days a week. So that's part of it probably. Those are related things, but I, my mental health and my relationship with food is so much healthier. Like I, when I did whole 30, every time I tried, it's like, it's, all I could think about I would wake up in the morning thinking about what am I going to eat today every meal all I could think about was like what I wished I was eating or what the next meal is going to be when Mm. am I eating again like it took up so much mental energy yeah and it's not true for everyone again I'm not trying I don't think I would feel confident saying whole 30 is terrible no one should ever do it yeah but it is not for me it is not for me to have to be that focused on what foods I'm eating what foods I'm not allowed to eat Yeah. And I don't think unless you have a chronic illness or a condition that you need to be hyper-focused on what you're eating and all of that as a means of your health and like survival, um, I don't think anyone should be that obsessive about it. I just don't think there's a need. I totally agree with you about food is a part of life. It's how people connect. It's how, you know, you can learn about a culture or a family or, you know, great ways again, like to connect with people. And again, same thing, as you said, it doesn't have to be this crazy indulgent meal. You can also make very fun and connective, healthier meals if you want to, you know, give it the one or two things. But um, yeah, I think we demonize food a lot and stuff like this. None of it is inherently good or inherently bad. But I think anytime you're restricting so much, I'm just nervous about what the long-term effects of that could be. Because some people are so unaffected by that stuff. But some people that could tailspin you into a full-blown eating disorder or it could just make you really obsessive for a while which also isn't fun yeah it's the obsession for me I have never had the discipline to put the mental obsession into a physical disorder fortunately Um, but I I hate that feeling of being so obsessed and then I feel guilty if I've done something bad and um I did, like, and, and I will say Whole30 uses this phrasing. Um, they talk about food freedom and releasing mm. yourself from your cravings. But I feel like my food freedom is releasing myself from the obsession yeah. and like being able to just have dessert and not have any part of maybe like, oh, I better go for a walk in the morning. To make yeah. Like, well, wouldn't you say that because you are living by this more of like, you don't have to label it intuitive eating, but that's inherently what intuitive eating helps people get to is, you know, if you are craving mac and cheese, you're going to make mac and cheese for dinner. But because of that, you don't have those obsessive cravings that you feel out of control about for the most part, because you know, oh, I'm not going to binge all of this stuff because I'm allowed to eat it whenever I want. So like I could eat it tomorrow. I don't need to make it this big grand event, you know? Right. Rules aren't real. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's true. I think um, it kind of reflecting back on like the first time I did Whole32, I, um, it was in June. I remember it was the month of June. Um, And I remember specifically that it was the month of June because as we mentioned, I work at UNH. We're also UNH alums. Go Wildcats. Wildcats. And um, at the time I did a lot of work at our freshman orientation, first year orientation, which takes place in June. And so I was with colleagues a lot. And I remember like a couple days a week, people would be like, let's all go out for ice cream after work. Like our offices were near the dairy bar and dairy bar. 
it was like it felt torturous <laughs> to have to say no and to be missing out on like the social component also it was like so hot we didn't have air-conditioned offices like you just wanted a cool refreshing ice cream yeah and to be missing out on like like you said that time to connect with people and also just the food that I really love and I would think about it every single day every yeah. single day I thought about ice cream cones Yes. And I'm like, if like, I had just that's what breeds week, obsession. I wouldn't have thought about it any other day. I would have been totally fine. I will say right. it's July now, not June. But like yesterday, I went the whole day. I didn't have single ice cream. I thought about it when I got home. I was like, we have ice cream in the fridge. And then I sat there and I was like, I'm not really in the mood for ice cream. And I yeah. didn't have any. And I was like, Whole30, Megan? Post Whole30, Megan? She could, could never. never. <laughs> she could never. She would have Who wanted like two ice creams to make up for how good she was all month. Um, yes, 100%. It's just, it's that all or nothing mentality. And again, Gretchen Rubin talks about this a little bit, that some people need that, that they, they aren't, they need yeah. to like say, no, it's not allowed for me because otherwise they'll binge and that they aren't able to kind of moderate. Totally. But I am not that. I need to moderate. Like if I, I tell myself agree. it's allowed, it's very easy to only have one. If I yeah. tell myself it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I am the same exact way. I also find it and like, this is such a larger conversation that we can't fit into the next two minutes. Um, especially because I only booked you for 45. So thanks for letting me steal an extra 15. I oh, think I, I only didn't did even it. realize. I didn't realize. I don't know if I did it till 45 or. I mean, I have a lot of weeknight plans. I'm extremely popular, um, but it's okay. You're welcome. Thank you so much. I'll bill you. <laughs> okay. Um, but I think it's also super interesting that you, the girl that did like 10 or so, I don't know how many years of ballet, came out basically unscathed from any kind of disordered thing. That's skinny and privilege. And I didn't. I know. I'm sorry. That's skinny no, privilege. I, mean, I okay. was very, very thin. Um, I mean, still in the scheme of the world, I'm, I'm still probably considered pretty thin. But until I was like 21, I was very thin with no effort. Yeah. Um, and so I think by the time I was out of ballet, I was still thin. I, I think I was lucky that I didn't feel any of that pressure. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's great. To look I'm a not... certain way because I already looked that certain way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, that's just lucky. And I will acknowledge the privilege that went. Yeah. Back. And also maybe your ballet teacher's we're doing it better than some others that are very that like gymnast ballet like weighing you making a bunch of comments oh god and, like, no. that kind of stuff so that was also really actually lucky. i'll call it out mystic ballet and mystic connecticut um oh. they were great i mean they were and, and now actually they're a much more professional company even but it was a pretty like strict ballet studio but um i will give it to them that even with that and bringing in these professional instructors from you know all over the world um I never felt like that there were ever trying to pressure us to look a certain way. I remember we used Good. to have like pizza parties, actually me and Hope, my carpool buddy from ballet, oh. we would stop at Mystic Market and we would get marzipan pigs or chocolate mm. eclairs like once a week after ballet. Like, oh God, I forgot about those marzipan pigs. Wow. Next Memory time we're home, go unlocked. Get um, yeah. Big shout out. They did a great job. They did not. Um, it easily could have been a culture that really, uh, focused on our appearance so much and I think yeah. they did a great job of not doing that and focusing more on our technique that's great because I feel like so often it just goes the complete other direction so that's great to hear yeah and that's good that you didn't have to go through all of that that's it I mean I'm not going to pretend it was always perfect I'm sure you and I have talked yeah. about um in college uh <laughs> mm, my yeah. roommate and I remember especially freshman year we would go out on Friday nights keep track of like how many calories we thought we had consumed mm -hmm. um and then saturday morning go on like the step machine or like the elliptical and just until the calories matched what we had the night before yeah. and then we would go to the dining hall for breakfast so like that's <laughs> right ridiculous. sorry that's <laughs> so also, silly but it also was one of those things because i feel like i also did a lot of things like that and at the time it didn't seem alarming to me and i would never have sat there and been like, I have a problem. 
because it was such a normalized oh yeah like messed up habit that we all did and it's so funny because like it's not think of that like compare that to now right of yeah. just moving your body in a way that feels good and eating what feels good like back that like I wasn't eating healthy that much I mean I would you know now that we're saying it out loud I'm like I did have a thing where it was like splurge Saturdays Saturdays you could eat whatever you wanted after you burned off your Friday night calories and the rest mm. of the week you had to be healthy so I guess I did Jesus, yeah. <laughs> therapy with Mandy I'm really realizing this um, bringing it out bringing it out but like Overall, I was exercising once, maybe twice a week if like social, like friends were going to Zumba, maybe I'd go. But like you like to go to the yoga classes at the mob. Yeah, that's true. But I just don't feel like I wasn't like it was not well rounded, right? It was yeah. like binge drink, eat as much dessert as you want. Like I would always go to like the Sunday bar at the dining mm. hall and then work work out in a couple very targeted times to burn yeah. off those calories as opposed to just have like a more well-rounded like exercise a few days a week right add some salads <laughs> like it was just so weird but it that also that, was like, this just is healthy <laughs> right like I am the picture of health but that's so true I mean there are still people like that that are looked at as like the beacon of health because they restrict so much and they eat so healthy. And then they're like, well, I had one cheat meal a week and it's like 5,000 calories and they just like gorge themselves and they have no control over themselves when it comes to food. Yeah. But that's a whole other road we could go down. But I think also, yeah, that's college. Like, especially in the setting that we went, it's like, nothing feels balanced everything is chaotic it's like you're drinking so much and that's not good for you and it also affects everything else that you do your mental health what you're eating the next day like all of it so and we're lucky i will say like again i work at a college right so yeah. i see college students a lot and the time period we're talking about is like 2009 through i don't know 12 13 14. yeah um so it was a different time, right? Like I did not have Instagram. Yeah, I didn't until end didn't of junior have, year. Yeah, I didn't have Instagram until August of 2013 is when I got mm -hmm. Instagram, which is after I graduated college. Um, so we didn't have that type of comparison. It was a little different, right? Nice. Um, yeah. Style-wise, right? Like low-rise jeans were still a thing. Oh. Um, and jeggings, skin tight, right? Everything was like Everything very was fitted. Um, Bandage dresses or bondage dresses or whatever they're. Yeah. Mm -hmm. those so, those tight black skirts and so I think that there's some like pros and cons right like I think not yeah. having that internet kind of comparison is probably like much healthier but I also think style was still that end of that y2k mm -hmm. super super skinny kind of pre-kardashian yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, style influence like the body type was still in a place where it was sort of shifting and so there was that obsession of like just such thinness yeah totally i know oh god bless anyone that was raised in the 90s and early 2000s <laughs> seriously i think they're lucky now that i think we are in a place where different body types are more accepted mm -hmm. um and celebrated and, and represented and... and yeah all those things but i think the comparison now is, is what's really hard and also social media gives anyone a platform so yeah. that's where we get the rachel halls and the diets like this that can take off in a way or the multitude of diets yeah different than when we grew up there were obviously diets but it was different it's more like oh that new popular diet book they had to go out to like barnes and noble to get or barnes and noble yes or like the you know different diets or recipes or workouts that you literally rip the pages out of a magazine mm -hmm. or like i'm aging myself <laughs> but well we didn't have influencers that were that yeah. appeared to be regular people right so someone who seems just like you like some cool girl from boston who says i drink this shake every morning and like that's how i'm so skinny yeah <laughs> like we didn't necessarily have that it's like secretly she's being paid by the company to push it right right um that wasn't a thing and i think that there's so many more influences coming at us and it's so hard to tell like what's real and what's not real. And that's where I think coming back to what feels good to you. Yeah. 
is the key. And so whether you want to call it intuitive eating, mindful movement, whatever you want to call it, it's like come back to your body and just what feels good for it. Yeah. And like being smaller isn't necessarily healthier. Those two things are not. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Megan, this was the most lovely. I loved having you on. Let's have you back. We should get Becca on. We can do a whole sister episode. I don't know about what, but we'll. I mean, we can talk about anything. I'm sure people are having so much fun just listening to our banter. Our banter, our sisterly banter. Um, Okay, well, I love you so much. And that's all she wrote. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. I love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Build with Brayback podcast. Stay connected on Instagram at Build with Brayback and our website, www.buildwithbrayback.com. Show a little love by rating and reviewing, sharing with your friends, and of course, subscribing so you don't ever miss an episode. Until next week, keep on building.